Welcome to Scenes of Beauty, a platform that is here to empower you to embrace your most authentic self and celebrate your own version of beauty, whatever that might be. I'm Chloe and I'm making it my mission to help people find and live their truest selves. If you're enjoying listening to the podcast and taking things away from it, hit the follow and subscribe button, share with friends and on your socials. I'm at the very beginning of the Scenes of Beauty journey and it helps more than you know to grow the platform. This week's guest is Camilla Craven. Camilla has worked for brands like Charlotte Tilbury, Benefit, and more recently was the brand and marketing director for Face Gym. I asked Camilla to join me on the podcast because she's got a ton of experience in beauty, but also just loves beauty and products in general. We had a real fun chat about beauty and how it has the power to make us feel incredible. And it always just seems to be there for us when we need it. She talks about her experience of beauty from a brand point of view. And I asked Camilla to bust some industry myths for us. Oh, and listen right until the end where she shares her favourite OG product with us. It's a good run and I was in shock. I had the best time recording this with her, so I hope you enjoy. Here's her version of beauty. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, Camilla. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, welcome to Scenes of Beauty. Um, we've been trying to get this in the diary uh, for bloody ages. I know, I'm so excited to do this. I know, me too. Um, we were just having a real good chat offline, so I'm excited to kind of bring that to you guys I who are listening. It, I remember it was like just one of your ideas. I know. And now look at it. <laughs> I was just lying in bed last night listening to all of the ones I hadn't listened to for a while. I was like, look at what she's done. <laughs> it's here. And it's awesome. Thanks. Um, yeah, I'm excited. And I'm excited to have you. So... Um, I reached out to Camilla um, a while ago, actually, yeah, when it was just an idea in my head um, to do the podcast. And the reason I reached out to you is because you've got some great experience in the beauty industry. And I kind of wanted to bring that experience from in industry that people Mm -hmm. kind of outside of industry might not necessarily get exposure to. So one, we can learn something. And two, just have a realistic approach to beauty. So I'll kind of let you introduce yourself yeah, and tell us a bit about 
go as far back as you want, your okay. upbringing, where you're from, yeah. and then kind of your career into beauty. Yeah, of course. Um, oh, yeah. Thanks again for having me. So yes. excited. Um, so what my background, I grew up in, I'm British, but I've got an American dad. So I've got quite a bit of American in me and British and spent all my university days in the US as well. So you'll see a bit of the beauty influence of me coming through in that side of things. But um, yeah, I started my career almost 15 years ago in what I originally planned to be fashion PR. That was kind of what everyone wanted to do. I knew I wanted to work in comms and PR. My mum had done that and I knew it would be quite a good fit for me. I liked being around people. I liked talking. I liked storytelling. Um, And yeah, I almost the plan was to go into fashion. Um, and I started interning at an amazing agency called Health and PR. Mm-hmm. And um, a role came up in the beauty industry. And I, I must admit, I'd never thought about ever working in the beauty industry. I wouldn't have counted myself as a beauty girl. That's so... Do you know, a lot of people who I've interviewed have said the same thing. Always wanted to do fashion, never beauty. Yeah. And ironically, fashion would never be my thing either. But yeah. um, beauty... I do have like very, which we can chat about later, like very early memories of first discovering the beauty industry and makeup and you know my first moments for all of that but I just found at Halpin in that in that time moving into that beauty role just something that I just couldn't I can't explain like that feeling of getting to work on clients and brands which were genuinely changing the way people feel yeah um that in a way in a much more deeper level than I think fashion can um, yeah. and it just I got hooked um, yeah. so the last last 15 years I've spent in half that in agency half that in house cross marketing comms social uh, the full marketing mix um and in the last couple of years I've been working on brands like Benefit Cosmetics I was at Charlotte Tilbury for four years and I'm currently at Facetune as global marketing director such a an amazing career um so let's you talked there a little bit about kind of your first experiences with beauty, uh, whether that's makeup or skincare. Just tell us about those and kind of what were they, how they made you feel? Um, you know, my first beauty influence actually was my grandma. Um, mm-hmm. She's incredible. She's turning 90 this year and she still is. She's my she's my secret shopper in every brand I work in. I send in Nini to see what's going on in the beauty counter. She has drawers of makeup and skincare. Um, I've got a picture of her and my other grandma actually painting my nails about two years old. Um, and just, yeah, I just remember she just always looked so put together, so poised. But I also knew she looked so different when she put on a bit of makeup. Yeah. She's, um, she was a redhead when she was growing up and she's now got this most amazing white hair and she's mm-hmm. got a super fair complexion. And when she put on a bit of mascara and red lipstick, I never saw her without an amazing bright lipstick. Yeah. And I just found it fascinating as a young girl. Um, my mom is naturally super beautiful and doesn't wear a lot of makeup or yeah. just barely uses any skincare. I keep being like, look at all of this you can use now. Um, it's hard working in the industry and then having friends and you're like, no, don't. I know, but she calls me and she's like, kind of, what is what you've given me? How on earth do I use this? And what is it? <laughs> in fact, I saw her today and she'd lost her makeup bag. Um, and she told me she'd been running around in boots trying to buy some sort of pink crystal lipstick that I've banned her from wearing because it's something from the 90s. And I was like, you do realise I have access to whatever music We all know what shade you're talking about as well. I, I, was like, like, but I, uh, I was like, I do have access to a lot of lipsticks if you want to wear them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember like my first beauty experience was um, it was when Lilac was really in. So it's kind of all back now. But yeah. from Boots, we got, my friends and I got some matching Lilac lipstick and Lilac 
nail varnish <laughs> and I remember being in like a field and I, I must have been like 11 12 years old thinking like what was this the most amazing experience yeah I think before that was like the Tinkerbell stuff that used to peel off I don't know if you remember all that stuff no um anyway no, so it's just but... like that feeling of like fun yeah uh I wasn't someone I went to an all-girls school and there was a definitely a hell of a lot of pressure on the way people looked and there was a lot of eating disorders and a lot of social media was just like my space and yeah, Bebo's yeah, yeah. were kind of coming to the forefront when I was sort of doing my A-levels and things like that but um I was never like super into the way I looked in that respect I wasn't super worried about it but the fun that came with the beauty yeah. like that I just I, I'll, I'll never forget and I think that's what sort of kept sort of stayed with me yeah, and was it was it playing with colours and experimenting with different... Or was it that deep then? I just I don't, don't remember it, was. it being that... I think it was just a bit of fun. Yeah. Like, it was really... Um, it was like an experience. I guess it kind of... You could be someone else. You almost got transported into a bit of a world. And yeah. you could, you know, feel older or different, you yeah. know. But I think... I don't think it was ever deep for me. It was just more of that. I get enjoyment out of this. This is quite fun. Yeah. But it wasn't like, gosh, I'm doing that because I want to look like this and then for someone else to think like that of me. Yeah. It was kind of for myself. Yeah. More than anything. That's really nice because, you know, a lot of people have stories of it was a mass to create or to share emotion. And I guess it's actually quite nice to hear that it was just a bit of a playful yeah. element um, and so as you grew a little bit older mm. and you kind of were you more interested in it kind of moving into later teens and then into early 20s when you started your career yeah I think it was um it, it really took off when I started working in the industry it like opened my eyes to everything that was out there and I still have things upstairs I have this drawer of products that I were, were brands and clients I used to have when I was straight out of uni with the most gorgeous palettes or like skincare pots I've never even opened half of them they're still sitting like in like almost in a museum upstairs because I couldn't believe how gorgeous and stunning they were and how they made me feel just to even look at them yeah. and like barely even used them yeah. I'm actually not a big um it's kind of ironic for somebody who works in the beauty industry yeah. but I don't wear a lot of makeup um <clears throat> But putting it on today to see you, I yeah. must put my makeup on. Yeah. I was like, yeah, she's back again. Yeah. I don't know it's where nice, I've isn't it? I think especially when we're all working from home and we're not being out and about as much. Yeah. It is, it's nice to, to have a little occasion to just put a lip on. And, I know. And I was really excited about it. I was just, we were chatting before, I had um, a refi delivery arrive um, just before you arrived. And I was like, you know, rummaging it like a sort of 12 <laughs> year old. Just like, I remember that fate feeling back then, back came again. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, for me, it's always been about that feeling yeah. more than the end result, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, Let's delve a little bit deeper into that because mm. I get excited about these conversations. I'm such a nerd. No, you and me both. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's dive a little bit deeper into that feeling. Mm. And I guess the question is kind of, what does beauty mean to you? Does it, is it a, uh, I mean, I'm from conversation from the conversation we've had already, I'm guessing it's a bit more than kind of skin deep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about what, what does it mean to you in terms of how it makes you feel yeah. emotionally. I think to me, beauty is feeling the best version of you. Yeah. And when we, I think we talk about the beauty industry, I think everyone immediately thinks very superficial, thinks makeup, thinks Botox, thinks whatever it might be. But yeah. for me, it's like, it's well-being. 
It yeah. could be everything from, um, it could be going to have acupuncture. It could be sitting in the hairdresser's chair, just getting your hair cut. It could yeah. be maintenance. It could not even be something that's super glam. Yeah. Um, but for me and for what I believe it should be for everyone else is what is, what is it to you? Yeah. How does it make you feel? And you must, in my opinion, only do it for yourself. I don't think it's yeah. about, I think you've got to surround yourself with people, whether that's friendship or romantic relationships, people who love you for you, yeah. not for what you look like. Yeah. Um, but I do it for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think there's something about that feeling of just being able to take on the world a bit when, yeah. like if I ever have a really big meeting or I'm nervous about something, like I get a blow dry. I've ne- I, there's no better feeling. I just feel really like put together and in control in that moment. And actually spending half an hour doing that yeah. would, would actually bring me more confidence than spending half an hour reading my material because there's something about, I don't know, just unlocks that kind of energy. It's um, it's a you time, isn't it? I um, yeah. I guess I used to do that with the podcast a bit. I would much prefer to be underprepared than overprepared. And sometimes I just, you know, I always have a look, but I rock up, but, and I, and I, yeah, rock up and, and do my thing. But there is that element of if you just switch yourself off and mm. do, go into your own haven before mm. you go into a nervous situation or something you might be feeling anxious yeah. about, it, it yeah. does wonders for yourself, right? Yeah. And I think it's also quite, um, I think it's, a world which can either be very one-on-one to yourself so it's either you with a mirror or not a mirror just or even painting your nails sitting on a you know on the beach or in your garden um it it can be a very one-on-one feeling or it can be a bit more one to others so you know the relationships you have with someone when you're the most intimate of moments whether you know everything I mean I've worked for clients I've worked on everything from waxing brands to hair dresses to nail brands to makeup and those one-on-one relationships I've had sitting in someone's chair or lying on someone's bed, you're almost becoming, it, you're kind of opening your heart up to those people as well. You're trusting yeah. people with that. But yeah. some of my closest friends are people I've met who've done a, a beauty service with me. Yeah. Um, and almost have that really deep, it's almost like an hour of therapy <laughs> sitting yeah. with any of them. So for me, it's not just even about the end result. It's kind of the, the whatever feeling you get during that process. Yeah, why do you think that is? Why do you think we do trust in our hairdressers or our nail tech or our facialist or... I chat, (laughs) I go to Elemis for facials and I do not stop talking the whole way through. And she's like, most people like tend to like fall asleep. And I'm like, not me. (laughs) I see the most amazing um, facialist called Rianne Truman. She's amazing. I always talk about her being my skin fairy, but also my therapist. And she's always like, do you want to just lie there and relax? I'm like, no, I've got something else to tell you. You've got really big news. Um, Look, I think it's like, uh, I think it's like making, it's like your BFF. You know, when I was working at Benefit Cosmetics, um, our motto there was laughter is the best uh, cosmetic and it's it's about like it's those relationships so I yeah. think it's um I think when you're with those people your guards down they almost don't know you and therefore like who have they got to tell whatever you tell them yeah and it's interesting it's a bit like when you're sitting in the back of an uber and you have quite an interesting chat with the driver yeah, you yeah. know there's just you it's a different relationship to like a very close friend who knows your yeah ins and outs yeah I guess there's no judgment or no kind of I mean there sometimes is but opinion or not that they would give you <laughs> yeah. like to your face so it's it feels more of a safer space than I guess yeah but also they've given I think the reason I feel such a deep relationship friendship with them is they've made you feel something as well yeah like I'll forever I won't forget those feelings yeah I mean and I think it doesn't uh face gym where I am where I'm working right now I've been 
a long fan of Facetune. I think I was probably one of the first people through the door in Selfridges when they opened seven years ago. Yeah. I've only been working there a year. So in fact, I found some old Instagram videos from 2017, I think it was, when I was there. But um, with Facetune, you... I often, I've always seen someone different every time I've gone. It's not been that that consistent. And that's what's, you know, partly amazing about Facebook. All the trainers are insane and you yeah. just know you'll get amazing experience. But even though it's not the same person time and time again, you still have that emotional relationship with whoever you're with. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's really interesting. I think there's something just about being, yeah, in a haven, in a safe space, yeah. in a feeling zen. Yeah. And you walk out of that and you're like, you know, what? I feel how I felt because of, so Mona who just did my my workout or yeah, whoever yeah. it was yeah definitely and you kind of don't lose you, you never forget that feeling yeah you talked a little bit about um brands that you've worked mm. in mm. let's chat about because I think this is going to be an interesting conversation for people who are outside of the beauty yeah. industry because yeah. I guess it's that thing of you know when you're a little girl or even when you're even when you're not a little girl, when you're when you're an adult, a grown woman, you don't actually, I guess, industries like beauty or fashion or sports even, or it's kind of like bright lights, big city, and that's kind of what you think. So let's talk like real talk about <laughs> real, beauty. Real. <laughs> the non-glamorous side yeah. of the beauty industry. Yeah, it's a great, I love beauty for its camaraderie yeah. and, and its sisterhood yeah. and all that kind of yeah. stuff that is not actually spoken about Yeah, externally. so true, so true. Um, and you also have worked for some great, great brands that mm. give out great, incredible messaging mm, and are quite mm, empowering. Mm. So kind of... Just give us a give us an overview of the brands you've worked yeah, for of course. or your experience. I just think it's really interesting to hear. Yeah, of course. So when I started my career, I was, as I mentioned earlier, I was in an agency. And <clears throat> I think over my six, seven years there, must have touched, I mean, I wasn't working on all of them full time, but maybe 30, 40 different beauty, yeah. well-being, health brands that ranged from um, <clears throat> brands like Avon to Milton Brown to Carmex to makeup brands like Suku to skincare brands like Omravitsa. Um, and I, I think what the beauty of being in the agency side was I got to see the way so many different businesses worked and operated and their mission and what they were there to do and how they strove to make people feel. Um, and what was really obvious for me was the, the place I knew where I had the most passion was when I felt like a real affinity myself to a brand. And I, I people were saying you have to love what you do because, you know, we all work really hard. Yeah. And so you have to feel passionate about what, what it is you stand for. And particularly in my job, you know, as a, a comms director, marketing director, I, I have, I feel really strongly I have to be super authentic. Yeah. Um, because it's my relationships on the line and ultimately it's the, you know, the, the stories I want to tell as a person. And so um, it was really important to me after I left the agency life, if I was going to go in and work for a brand full time, Mm -hmm. live and breathe it, I had to really believe in what they were about. So what you see is consistent in everything I've worked in and in-house. Yes, I've worked in high glam makeup like Charlotte Tilbury. And, um, you know, yes, I've I'm working right now in, in face gym, which, you know, um, empowers people and makes them feel incredibly like their faces lifted and toned and sculpted. And, you know, there's obviously some factors to all of those brands that are sort of could be considered more the superficial side of beauty. But yeah. what's consistent in all of them is about that feeling and also the approach to beauty. It's about, 
you know, as I mentioned, benefit, laughter is the best cosmetic. Charlotte Tilbury, it was give a woman the right makeup, she can conquer the world. And at Facetune, we talk about being in the confidence industry, not the beauty industry. And so that's where you see the common thread in what I've done. Um, And I've watched these brands and definitely can't take credit for it, but watched me and my colleagues and peers and years, people before us change people's lives by what we're doing. Yeah. And it might be, you know, at Benefit, we did amazing experiential. Um, it was all about trying to make, bring Benefit off the makeup, um, off your vanity table into your lives and make it more of a lifestyle brand. Yeah. I mean, we launched a ship called the Good Ship Benefit, which mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember. It was a, a ship, a literal, like, ship um, on the Thames for four months. We had three restaurants. We had uh, two bars. We would do things like yoga. We had secret cinema on the deck. We did pride events. There was, of course, makeup. There was a uh, sort of a brow, a brow area of the boat. But it was about like making a lifestyle of it. Yeah. And we wanted people to feel part of the brand and like that community of like standing for something, but just having a lot of fun while you did it. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can. Everyone's entitled to, to take their interpretation of beauty as deep or as shallow as it wants to be. But ultimately, life's for living. Yeah. And enjoy it. It is. And I think um I think beauty is a part of of a lot of people's every day. And I think you're right. You know, when I first started the podcast, I was a bit I was a bit pissed off at the media. I was like, I'm brands to be honest. I was like, I grew up in the nineties where I was seeing fat shaming on the front of magazines and perfected images yeah. and I was so pissed off at it. And actually what I'm learning is some people want to have a perfected complexion and that's absolutely fine. And some people don't want to wear makeup and that's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. And some people, you know, we're all our versions of beauty are all completely different and are all, all completely unique to unique. us. And, and that's okay. So I think, you know, brands do have a role to play in, in people's day to day. And it's quite important, you know, that they are all different and they all offer mm-hmm. something different. Um, and unique but it is interesting what you say about like it being more of a lifestyle yeah. than a, than just a product because it is I think the immense power that beauty has it's a real responsibility as a brand I really feel strongly on that I think you've got to particularly with um you know and we should talk about social media in a minute because I think that's changed you know driven a lot of that but yeah you know your brand even if you say okay we want our brand to be focused at 35 plus women the reality is you're actually targeting young girls all the time without yeah. realizing it because I think you know the adoption of beauty and um is a lot more advanced a lot a uh, lot younger than it ever was in our yeah. you know our age um and I think you've got a real responsibility to set us to not try and put out false standards to not out, try and sort of make people feel um you know, just not good if they've not done something or make feel shamed. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's a bit of that still goes on. And, you know, there's a place for all the brands, even the high glam perfectionist brands, you know, they have a place. Some people want to feel that sometimes. So yeah, that's yeah, someone's yeah. style. Yeah. But, you know, these days the industry is just full of brands and I just blows me away every day when you see a brand comes, particularly me as a marketeer, where you, this brand comes out of nowhere and you're like, where's, where yeah. does it come from? Yeah. And there's this most like supercharged community behind it yeah who are hanging off every word they say and you know look at tiktok look at what instagram's done to the industry yeah the there's no 
perfection there's no considered like norm of perfection anymore no no and I think again just to kind of I don't know if I'm harping on a bit here but also it's like some days you don't want to wear makeup and you feel mm. gorgeous wearing no makeup mm. and other days you want to whack it all <laughs> on and you want to like and you can be yeah. like a hundred different people just by the products that you're putting on your face I just think it's so incredible it's like yeah, it's fascinating, really. But also, like, look at... I mean, I remember I suffered quite a bit from cystic acne when I was in my early 20s. And I remember feeling quite... Not ashamed, a little bit ashamed or didn't know what to do with it. And Yeah, insecure. Yeah, insecure. But now, like... I mean, you. I think one of the things you were going to wanted to talk to me about was the brands I think are doing really interesting things. And sometimes it's actually the brands that are, like, in the spot category or in feminine yeah. hygiene or in... Um, the like not sexiest environments that are doing yeah. the coolest things that are making yeah. people feel great. Yeah. And it's I think beauty for a long time was a place of inacceptance of everyone. I definitely think now it it welcomes all. I think mm. it's I think what if you feel a disconnect from beauty, I think it's seeking out those brands and places where like anywhere, like mm. where you fit in, like what's your tribe so to speak in terms of brands what products work for you who's talking your language because again not everyone speaks the same and and they are targeted and tailored to different people you know i think even just the word beauty is the one that people have immediate connotations with it you know like it i I love that word you know there's so much to me that brings positive things but to others it might not and then you talk about you know self-care and that was a lot of what everyone was talking about over covid in the last couple years and self-care sometimes can found a bit I don't know, contrived in that kind of yeah. making it feel like it has to be something deeper. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I think it's, yeah, it just goes back to I'm just such a big believer in what I try and approach with everything I do and all the brands I work with and all the colleagues I work with is yeah. let's just bring stuff to people's lives that will make yeah. them feel better. And you know what? If they want to just use one product or they want to use 10 of our line, yeah. that's great. Whether they want to, you know, Inga, our amazing founder at Face Gym, um, you know, she's been working really hard to, to try and make facial fitness, like empower everyone to be able to do that no matter where you are in the world. And during COVID, she, you know, she says to the community on Instagram, like, just show up for yourself for five minutes. Even if you've not got a fancy serum, grab olive oil and yeah. like come and massage your face with us and get involved. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's so important because I think so many brands, again, you know, we, we live, we're all driven it's a business let's be honest we've got commercial goals but ultimately i think what's going to make you really sticky as a brand is when you stand for much more than that yeah and people feel part of it and yeah they can have a bit of it you know yeah and it is it's such a close thing to us you know and i think it's i think we're coming out of a time where brands are two-dimensional you've got to have more about you otherwise it's not going to last, is it? No, exactly. Let's, let's no, but the brands that will forever be ones we all talk about and that sustain the test of time will be yeah. ones that have built something that's more than yeah. this kind of sense of perfection. Yeah, sure. Uh, um, but look at like the, what was it, the um, the lipstick effect, I think it's called. It's um, back in World Wars, um, they, they didn't put tax on lipstick because mm-hmm. it was the one thing that... Um, just made people feel happy during times of struggle. That's really interesting. Uh, it's called the Lipstick Index. I should have prepped what it was called. When you were talking about your grandmother yeah. earlier, um, I was really interested in that because when I was starting Be- Scenes of Beauty or thinking about it, I looked back at 
where did Eat Beauty mm. even come from? Um, I'd actually never never looked at it before. Mm-hmm. I'd never even thought about it before. And I was like, how has it gone from this thing that was someone putting on a bit of lipstick to then, you know, super, super simple. Someone wanted to, I think it was Estee Lauder who, like, wore lipstick the first, or Coco Chanel or someone like that. And they put it on just to simply look beautiful or mm-hmm. feel a bit mm-hmm. more step into who they yeah. are. Yeah. Um, and elevate their own beauty. Um, and then we, I, fi- I, I was in this headspace for a long time where we took it and we made it something so complex and perfect and competitive um, and quite an, a nasty streak, I think, beauty had in, in the 90s, mm-hmm. uh, which were, were coming out of that. And I think that's really interesting. But it was just a simple, you know, like for your grandma, it's probably... Just a nice little touch that she adds in a morning and then she feels herself. I know. It's so funny. She had a cataract down a few years ago and she said to me, she called me, she's like, Camilla, darling, (laughs) why have you been letting me wear bright, this bright lipstick for all these years? Because she finally could see like the brightness of the pigment after she had her eyes done. I was like, Nini, but that was you, like a bright, and I actually, in hindsight, her lipstick had got brighter and brighter (laughs) and brighter as the years went on. But I said to her, I was like, you've got to keep it because it's so you and you always know when you've seen her as well because you all have lipstick marks all over you from the <laughs> copious amount she applies. But yeah, in times of in times of like economic downturn and troubles, like it's proven in history that the beauty industry is what um, stays true. And it's even yeah. you know in COVID, I remember. I mean, the the makeup category naturally did decline. Um, at a rate that was more significant than skincare that was taking off. Yeah, sure. Um, but it was still a huge market. Yeah, yeah, And, yeah. you know, when people had, you know, obviously everyone was in much, ver- like, varying degrees of um, financial stability in that time, depending on whether you had lost your job or you were furloughed or you were, you know, um, or you were safe in what you were doing. But yeah. there was an element of lost people having a lot more disposable income. Yeah. And they were spending it on, you know, when you couldn't go travelling, yeah, yeah. you couldn't go for dinner and yeah. couldn't see your friends. Um so I think that's like proved to me that the industry's got a lot deeper roots and hold on people than, yeah. you know, I think it would live on. And it, it, it's not, um, you know, unlike fashion, which all respect to the fashion industry, I'm, you know, I don't want to discredit it at all, but it can be very subjective. Whereas yeah. beauty industry, it's kind of like, what do you like? Yeah, definitely. Camilla has kindly given us a discount code for face gym, skincare, tools and workouts. Use the code SCULPT20 to get yourself some face gym products and face workouts today. The T's and C's are in the show notes. We talked a little bit, well, you mentioned kind of social media and mm. moving on to talk about that. Kind of just open up a little bit more about that because it's a really interesting space, I think. For yeah, so interesting. I mean, when I started my career, the industry was so one way. You had advertising in print magazines. You had, you know, the PR industry. You shouted at people all day long in a version of, you know, and and brands were doing it in various degrees of brilliance. Um, Social media. So social media, you know, back in, uh, even not that long ago, we're talking 15 years ago, it was very one-dimensional. And when the social media platform started popping up, you all of a sudden had this two-way conversation with people. Um, and whether you were a brand or just a person, all of a sudden you were opened up to people's lives. Yeah. The, the world of influence was no longer the big celebrities. It was people with five friends yeah. 
you know, and especially real, yeah. real people. And look yeah. at the beauty of, you know, Instagram, the algorithm for so long has been, you know, slightly struggled by the way they've tried to commercialize the platform and make yeah. content a lot harder to be viewed and all the above. But, and TikTok is slightly going that way themselves now. But yeah. the early days of TikTok, you didn't have to have five followers and you could have yeah. one piece of content that was viewed 20 million times. Yeah. And you all of a sudden had these real people, real conversations. And so, um, but also getting to see different people. I think for so long you were talking, I think um, we all had this feeling of what beauty should be. Yeah. Whereas now you just, even I go onto TikTok, go onto Instagram, I only have to literally swipe once and I've seen 10 forms of what beauty means to someone. Yeah, yeah. It's not consistent. It's not like cut, cookie cutter anymore. No, it's really interesting. Does that kind of make your job as a marketeer harder, easier? It's a really good question. They're both. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Harder in the- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. But, you know, there's... It, it it isn't a one size fit all approach. Yeah, so you have yeah. to be super bespoke and authentic in every relationship you have. You know, yeah. if I'm contacting you, it's going to be saying something so different to any other person because you're you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas probably in back in the day, there was a little bit more like blanket approach. Um, but it's so much more fun. Yeah, it's just especially if you're a brand that is. You know, I, again, I I feel really. Um, you know, anywhere I ever work has to be a brand that is inclusive. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it welcomes anyone into their brand, whether you've got five pounds to spend or 500, whether you want five minutes or five hours. Yeah, yeah. And, um, again, that's what like social's done to that industry. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely been a journey, I think, of growth, of development, of learning, of expression. Um, and I think it's really cool that you can go on and see like a ton of different things all from the same product or people's authentic reviews and it takes you two minutes to look at a brand and figure out whether it's for For you you or not it's really interesting space and also just you it's just yeah it goes back to that authenticity and um just that real relatable nature to other people yeah yeah um yeah I think it's and also the bit I, I think I love the most about it and this is from very much an industry angle versus perhaps everyday but Brands used to really struggle unless they had so much money to break into the industry. You know, yeah. look at the beauty hall. Even when Charlotte Tilbury launched seven years ago, the beauty hall was very, like, everything was black logoed. Everything yeah. looked, it felt very similar. Every yeah. brand you went to, you know, of course they had their own DNA. And, you know, I, you know, I, I have so much admiration for half those brands that really owned the beauty market at that yeah. time. But... Um, it was really hard to break into it unless you had either an amazing agency working with you, but that often required really good a lot of money, yeah. or you just had money in full stop or, or big teams. Now, someone could talk about something in, on TikTok in the middle of nowhere, 
and say the most authentic thing about it. And that product could be the top selling product the next day globally. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, You talked about beauty halls there. And I think a lot of people can find them daunting mm. <laughs> we had, we had to, we were talking earlier we mentioned the word self we just we both just laughed because i think it is it's quite scary even i love beauty but i find beauty halls honestly one of the most intimidating places um why do you think that is i think yeah i think so look i, th- I actually think i'm gonna go bold and say I think there's going to be a big return to the beauty halls because yeah. I think people want to touch and feel I and agree. play yeah. and I think you're so bombarded by brands right now which is also the downside of social as much as I love it because it means everyone's got a platform now it's very overwhelming for someone so I do actually think it's going to be a rise of people going back into it but I think for a long time the beauty halls again were very one-dimensional you would walk past and you just knew some like lovely salesperson was just doing their job but was going to grab you and sort of force you into buying something and you felt uncomfortable and scurried off which is why Sephora and places like that had such a um you know uh, took off so well because it was meant to be independent selling you had the cast members of Sephora they didn't work for one particular brand they were invested in what do you Chloe what should you wear what should you have versus I've got targets to drive for x brand on that one day and you know Selfridges you know when they launched their beauty workshop which is the area at the back um Again, that's what they were trying to do. You know, it was loads of brand in one place. They had sinks. I think yeah. you could, like near the Aesop counter, you could like try something back of your hands, wash it off, yeah. get playful again. Yeah. Um, and I'd love for beauty tools to become a lot more not intimidating for people. Yeah. I actually went to Selfridges a few weeks ago um, just to do a bit of research, to be honest. I, I hadn't been for ages and it was like a Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock. I was like the only person in there. And I spoke to every every person on every counter and I was like, what's new? What's this? Can I test that? Like, do you like this? Like, oh, can I take a test at home? But I, I understand that it takes a bit of courage to have that. But I mm. now feel quite comfortable in that space. Five years ago, yes, hell no, would right. I have gone into that. So I understand how intimidating it is. But... Um, like anything I think if you ask then you know people are open to help yeah. I do I appreciate I would really encourage yeah yeah I hear you. and I would but I would really encourage all your listeners to just like just remember everyone working there is like one of us yeah everyone's just doing their job yeah and just go and ask questions yeah and ask whether you go physically or you're shopping digitally like ask the questions yeah yeah, yeah. that you know it's your right to ask yeah you know and just yeah. like and I do think the retailers have done some you know everything from uh, the high end, you know, Harrods, Selfridges, Harrods, Harvey Nichols, um, Liberty, Fennec, you name it. They've really worked really hard to try and change that yeah. sort of stiffness of the beauty hall. And yeah. they've all got their own interpretation of what that looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I really take my hats off to them because I think it, did, it had, you know, there was a point where it had become a difficult environment to shop in. Yeah. Um, but it was like the nature of outside forces, I think, that had done that. Yeah. And probably then when you did have brands with all certain, you know, perfection, imagery, shouting down at you. That... Yeah. But look at, you know, Mac. When Mac took off, it was all about self-expression and like yeah. all the, every team member looked, like weren't having to wear the same makeup look. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's not forget back in the day, there were brands that said everyone that worked for us had to wear the exact same makeup and be yeah. homogenous in that one way. Yeah. Whereas, it's actually, isn't it? Like to think back then, yeah. And now, like everyone, I mean, look at you know, Charlotte Tilbury it was all about the ten looks, so you know, all of them would have been in one of the looks. But yeah. you just this expression is 
Yeah, and yeah, it is expression of your own personality. I think is is really important. Um, just moving on to kind of your role in the industry. Mm. What's the favorite? What's your yeah your favorite part of your job? Oh, what gosh. do you love the most? Well, I love the brand. As I said, Face Gym, I'm yeah. their number one fan, and um, so it means coming to work is a you know joy every day. Yeah. Uh, what do I love? I love the most seeing what we can do to other people and how we can make them feel. Yeah. And if it can make me feel like that and I work there and I work my, I work super hard um, and I still love what we're about and I still like steal an hour to go and sit in a face gym chair myself and have a workout and leave feeling like I can take on the world again. Yeah. Watching that on scale, you know, we're seeing thousands of people um, every month across all of our studios. We have a digital studio with live classes all day long. We've got people tuning into our Instagram lives or TikTok lives. You know, we have people sending us messages like, you've changed my life. Yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily like you changed my face, but it's yeah. like you, you gave me confidence when I didn't have it. Yeah. You, uh, like, I've actually, I'm, I was depressed and I now feel, like, happy again. Yeah because of and it might not even be the way they looked it might be because I had a really nice conversation with so and so your trainer yeah yeah um like I just that is the best bit yeah yeah what is what's the most important thing to you as kind of a marketeer from a do you call yourself a skincare brand yeah uh, face gym yeah 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 um I mean if you you want to put it in a box I think face gym we don't really like to be put in a particular box you know we're like is if you know well-being, fitness, health, beauty, lifestyle, all had a bit of a baby, yeah. and yeah. and as we say, we talk about being the confidence industry, not in the yeah, um, not in the beauty industry, but uh, yeah. all intents and purposes, yes, we have a skincare yeah. line, we have amazing tools. Yeah. So, what is what's the most important thing as kind of a marketer behind a brand that is involved in wellness, skincare, mm-hmm. confidence? Uh, well, first of all, I think it's about doing the best of your ability to bring something amazing to the market mm-hmm. whether you work for a brand that's price point you know that's a very accessible price point and therefore of course what they're bringing to market is not as efficacious or perhaps not as good as the more expensive yeah. brands but ultimately it's about showing up and bringing up the best version of what you can bring to market and then yeah. selling it in a very authentic way yeah because you need to it's about making a connection with people and therefore you might if you're selling a two pound serum probably can't even get a serum for two pounds but (laughs) far off to be fair like look at you know like i was using um you know whether you're using like an amazing inculus product for example sure yeah um i think there is a i've had a lot of conversations about price point recently because there's obviously a lot of conversation about is expensive better yeah Yeah. um i'm gonna ask you some skincare questions and some beauty questions in a bit but um yeah, I think there it, it's an interesting one because also natural, synthetic, it's all a big conversation at the moment. And yeah. I think, again, it's what works for you and what works for your skin. You know, I've come from the Inky List and it's, I love it. I think, I don't think there's anything suffered in terms of quality because of price. Um, you know, I've seen it firsthand. So that's kind of my standpoint on it. But yeah. But I think it's about... 
yeah, as I said, it's whatever you, you want to bring to market, whatever you stand for. Sure. You know, at Facetune, we want to bring the most efficacious products, the most incredible ingredients that give you the most, uh, the best results possible. Yeah. So therefore, you know, our price point is higher because we invest a lot in that. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean, you know, but there's equally amazing products at much lower price points, but you're just getting a slightly different, you know, proposition. Yeah. Um, but I think it's about that authentic way you then explain to people of what you're bringing to market. Yeah. So I think it's that's you know, your responsibility on that. Yeah, interesting. We haven't actually talked a lot about skincare or makeup or... Yeah, we haven't actually oh, talked know? a lot about what it. What do you want to know? I'm just going to ask you some questions yeah, go that for it. Um, I feel might be helpful. I was having a look and I was like Googling like random skincare stuff. So I was like, okay, let's ask Camilla some, okay, some questions while I've got you in the room. So... And despite being in the industry 15 years, there's still stuff I learn every day. Oh my God, yeah. So, and it's also ever-changing. Uh, absolutely. It's mad. The innovation that comes to market every day. Yeah. Mind boggled. Okay, so first one, do we need an eye cream? Do we need one? Or is it just a thing? In my opinion, yes, you do need an eye cream. The eye, you know, that skin around the eye is so delicate, so sensitive um, and different concerns. You know, I, I have different concerns with my eyes than I do with elsewhere in my face. So, yes, in my opinion, you do need an eye cream. However, if you are have less money to spend and you want less things to do and less steps, use the same cream everywhere. Yeah. It's it's not a, you have to have an eye cream, but I definitely think there's a role for both of them. Okay. Make sure you use it first. Yeah. Before moisturiser. Before. Yeah. Um, Otherwise you have Karen Hirons coming up. <laughs> my dear friend. No one wants Karen My dear Hirons. friend. And uh, yeah, she is single-handedly trying to take on any brand that says you have to use eye cream afterwards. <laughs> um, I always think of moisturiser as a, it locks everything that you've put on before. So yeah. last step. I think she I described it. it, was it? I, sorry, Caroline, if you didn't describe it like this and I've just throwing you under the bus or something but I think she was like it's like putting your underwear on over your clothes <laughs> if you do eye cream <laughs> afterwards it's like the build your bo- building blocks first yeah um do you need to wear SPF if you've got SPF in your makeup mm, very good question um so the dermatologist would say yes you absolutely mm-hmm. need a separate SPF okay. um do I wear a S- separate SPF every day no <laughs> do I know I should yes so I think it's very much like the eye cream question yeah um I would say I definitely there's some products I buy where I'm like oh it's got SPF in it it's a great one less step and there's other things where I'm like you know what I don't need to put an SPF in that I'd actually think it'd be better if it didn't have one in it because you know SPF comes with its challenges and its formula um <laughs> just a bit so my advice would be I mean I definitely I don't think the love for SPF came on early enough in our generation. No, definitely not. Look at it now. Look, it's super good. Look at Ultraviolet. Actually, yeah. going back to brands I think I'm obsessed with, SPF is one of the brands. Yeah. As a category, I'm obsessed with what they're doing. Um, it just wasn't, wasn't marketed as cool. It wasn't marketed as the done thing, and that's no. terrible. Um, you know, and bronzing was a big market, and now look at the whole fake tan industry, which is yeah. just meant like healthy healthy glow is so important. Yeah. Um, where am I going with this? Gone off topic. But yes, SPF, again, if you want one less step in your skincare routine, absolutely just have SPF in the product. But the doctors and dermatologists would say use a separate one. Yeah. And um, even if you're indoors looking out the window. Yeah. Yeah, it is important. Um, oily skin doesn't need moisturiser. False. <laughs> Myth. <laughs> Myth. And I must admit, I was one person that did think this when I was, I think, mentioned earlier, suffering a lot from cystic acne. Um, 
I felt I had to strip my skin and if it felt scrubbed and clean and dry, then that meant it was cleaner and all the rest and that's just rubbish. Yeah. Often I, I don't know if I'm totally going to be making up a fact, so I, <laughs> full disclosure, this is Camilla's brain, not a factual point, but I believe oil can actually be a response to the, the skin not being hydrated enough or, yeah, and so. almost it's like panic reaction if I'm right. There's basically a difference between hydrated skin and, and moisturised skin. skin. They're not, the two are different. Things. They are They're so different. Same. And Inga Thron, our amazing founder, will wax lyrical about that. You know, yeah. she talks again, you know, it's like you eat food and you drink water. They're yeah. two different things, yeah. but they both nourish you. Yeah. So similar, you know, we have an award-winning hydrobound serum, which is niacinamide and hyaluronic acid. Yeah. You would use that separately to our youth reformer serum. Yeah. Like one's hydration, one's moisturising. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, just wearing makeup cause breakouts? I think it could. Yeah. Yeah, I think okay. so. But I don't think it does. I just think depending on your skin. No. Like, I mean, look, putting anything on your face is yeah. going to mean the skin not can't breathe because that's again yeah. a myth. But, you know, yeah, I think probably it could irritate some people's skin. Yeah. But these days, I think so much makeup is almost thought of as skincare and its properties. Yeah, they're merging a lot, aren't they? Yeah. And actually, some you look, I've got some, I'm trying to think what I've got that I love that has basically got like serum in the, in the, um, uh, let me think, what do I use? I can't even think of it right now. But I have a lot of makeup products that claim to have skincare benefits in them. Yeah. Um, at Inky, we always used to say, like, put, um, actually, the episode that I did with Mona. Yeah. Um, she said to put, like a rosehip oil or something in your foundation to, if, to yeah. prohibit that yeah yeah um, but does it cause acne or spots no not necessarily it's just, but again it's just like what's your skin um this is a good question <laughs> because you work at face gym but do facial exercises tighten the face so facial exercises so you, go back to basics for a minute you have 50 muscles in your face okay and most of us do nothing to them other than talking and obviously talking and laughing and yeah, uses yeah. a lot of your expression lines yeah. but just like you exercise your body if you exercise the muscles in your face you can do you can tone you can lift you can um sculpt from you know depuffing and draining yeah. um so do you actually change the structure of the face no not necessarily yeah. do you change the um uh, is it a permanent change no again it's like teaching your body to do something different so just like if you stopped yeah. exercising your my bottom would probably get even more <laughs> less tone <laughs> so yes in my there are some people out there that have controversial opinions on that to yeah. say otherwise but i've seen the i, I see every day in my job yeah is it almost i know the concept of um initially the concept of face gym was you know a personal trainer for your yeah. face is yeah. it literally the same mindset of exercise these muscles and they not build but but they yeah they, they learn to they, they strengthen they tone yeah. they yeah. um you know and also some of our skincare products which we then try and encourage you to pair with the moves to try and you know work out but ultimately face gym whether it's the skincare the tools or the moves it's all of personal training for the face whether it brightens your skin or um, helps reduce blemishes. Like, that's our version of, like, training your face into something. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, should you squeeze spots? 
I do. <laughs> There's nothing more satisfying, and my husband would attest to me. I'm fully banned from touching his. Um, the, Why do we love it so much? The right answer would be no, you shouldn't. Yeah. I believe. Um, yeah. Or at least, no, sorry, that's a lie. I think dermatologists and doctors would say, Make sure you've got clean skin. You know, if it's really come to a head, get, you know, a tissue on the end of your nails and very gently put squeeze yeah. in. Like, I think there's ways to it, like not yeah. hacking. I've hacked in my face oh my God, many yeah. times. I've tried really hard in recent years not to. And I think um, the brand, one of the brands that's my favorite right now, my team, I drive them mad talking about it because I'm obsessed with Zit Sticker. Oh, okay. Which is, um, among other things, have um, these like pimple stickers. Yeah. And I just put them on and honestly, like the next day they've gone anyway, so you really? don't even need to pop them. No. Okay, I need to check those out. Or like the Star, what's the other brand called? Starface? Star? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, oh, they're amazing. Cool, I'll have a look at those. Um, okay, thanks, because that was interesting. I think there's so much, I mean, we know that skincare and makeup is overwhelming anyway, but I think there's so much kind of BS out there that just squashing some of the fundamentals Honestly, I is think, really helpful I don't think people I was sort of saying to you earlier I've got so many of my good friends they're smart women they're successful they look after themselves yeah. they're willing to spend the money on it and they call me like Cam like what even is a toner what yeah. um, do I need one what is yeah. this do I need you know yeah. or even as basic as you know um like should I put moisturizer on at night yeah you know and forget whether it's a day cream or a night cream but just Again, that just lack of understanding. So I think as a marketer, again, we get so obsessed thinking that, you know, we're obviously, we've got a customer that's super engrossed with all of the beauty and taking 15 steps, but then there's others that don't even know how to wash their face properly. Yeah. And still yeah. using, oh, and the amount of friends I have that still use face um, wipes, honestly, oh. I clearly <laughs> have a job to still do <laughs> to dry you know it takes two minutes two minutes and you know in the nights I don't want to take my makeup off of course I'm human it's life yeah um do I do think uh, my skincare routine much better some nights than others yeah of course yeah <laughs> it's so funny I, I went into town the other week with my friend and we were just like buying skincare and like whatever and he picked up some um Face and my, he picked up some face lines, and my face must have like just completely dropped. And he was like, "Everything okay?" And I was like, "Just put them back, like put them back right now." And he was like, "Why do you feel so strongly about this?" And I'm like, "One environment and two, I care for your skin." Like, yeah, honestly, I think my memory of teenage skincare was face wipes and those scrubs, where it was like really gritty scrubs. Yeah. I felt I mean I um we've just launched something called skin changer at face gym which is a toner essence and insane I can't live without it right now but before that I was using when before that launch I was using Paula's Choice the BHA yeah and I it was I remember first discovering the fact that to exfoliate you didn't have to actually physically yes, exfoliate right. through a scrub and yeah. that was mind-blowing and it makes so much sense now that yeah. you understand it it is, I even asked my, um, my facialist, because <laughs> I said to and I should know better than this, but I, um, I did say to her, you told me to get this thing to exfoliate my face, um, I use Elemis a lot, and I love their dynamic resurfacing, um, range, but yeah, she told me to use the exfoliator, and I was like, there's no, there's no beads in it, and she was like... <laughs> Yeah, and, and I was, this was probably about a year ago, and I was like, "Is it doing anything? 
like I can feel the tingle and she's like oh god sit down I mean look I still love I mean I do think there's something in that kind of feel like I love yeah, a scrub a body yeah, scrub yeah. I do love the odd product that's got a bit of grit to yeah, it yeah, but yeah. it's definitely not in the way I mean I remember literally at boarding school with probably one of those cleansers that had the beads in it just like taking one spot area and like yeah. wiggling my fake finger yeah. over and over and over again yeah and like, then we're like, waking up wondering why it's got why it was worked. seriously <laughs> um and i hope young i hope young girls and boys and everyone has access to that knowledge now yeah i i i mean it's definitely out there if you yeah. look hard enough for it you've yeah. just got to look in the right yeah. places I yeah think. exactly um What's a product that you're loving at the moment? One that you can't live without? Oh, that's such a good question. Or should you do a face gym one and a non-face gym Yeah, one? okay. Um, well, it is my job to try lots of products. So <laughs> I do cheat on face gym a bit, but I do love it. Um, face gym Active Blast. It's vegan collagen booster. You put it in your Hydrobound serum or any water-based serum. It comes in a seven or a 28-day boot camp yet i use it daily (laughs) my skin can't live without it (laughs) it's unreal um watch the space more coming from that but um yeah at blast would be my one face gym can't live without okay but i have others but yeah you only offer one so i'm gonna try and be well behaved um what else do i i'm really into um balm cleansers yeah um so I use face gym electrolyte cleanser in the shower in the morning. That's more of a gel cleanser. Mm-hmm. And then at night, I take my makeup off because I'm a bit lazy and don't want to use a separate makeup remover. Yeah. I don't think you have to have a separate makeup yeah, remover if you have a really nice cleanser. Yeah. I'm obsessed with Then I Met You. Okay. It's a bright yellow cleanser that comes in this awesome blue pot. You get on Cult Beauty. It's a Korean brand. And I think I'm on my third or fourth pot of that this okay. year alone. I haven't heard of that. I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah. What's a makeup product that you're loving? Oh, I... Where can I start? <laughs> <laughs> I am still so loyal to so much Charlotte Tilbury. And all, yeah. I mean, honestly, what the products... I mean, it's bloody good, isn't it? They are the best products on the market. So everything from Flawless Filter, the new the new Beautiful Skin Foundation is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, the Glowgasm ones, Pinkgasm. Mm-mm-mm. It's all good. Um, <laughs> airbrush powder, bronzer. I love it. Um, brows. I'm, as I said, really into refi, but I dabble. I've got the, um, I've got brow freeze. I love ready set brow from Benefit still. I love um, Benefit to be fair. I love the Glossier Boy brow. Yeah, me too. I'm quite a brow girl, as you can probably see. <laughs> I'm very in need of a brow wax right now. I have a monobrow after one week and people think I'm joking, but I genuinely get a monobrow after one week. Um, I think the monobrow's making a comeback, you know? Do you think? I honestly think, hey, maybe I can read an article that. on it. What about moustache as well? <laughs> can that pick a comeback? Well, anything. You're ambitious oh, of you. Oh, gosh, you know? keeping blink in business. Um, <laughs> yeah, love all those brow products. What else am I loving? A bit of beauty pie. Yeah. Like their makeup too. I have, I have a bit of an obsession with Marcia, who's the beauty pie founder. Like, <laughs> a bit weirdly so. Have you been obsessed. to their pop up in Covent no, Garden? No, I missed it. It's not no. there anymore. Is it oh, I think it's still there. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I went last week on Friday, and Marcia was like working the shop floor, yeah. giving it her all. But I've, I'm staring over there at my three makeup bags. I have a lot. Actually, you know what my favorite? Pro- oh, you're a Rimmel girl. Mm. 
my favourite product that I can't live without and I buy it from Amazon, it's the only place you can buy it, okay. is Rimmel's Old BB Cream. Okay. From the fake tan category. In fact, I'm getting it. Oh. Sun Shimmer Instant Tan BB Skin Perfector. Oh my god. Do you remember that? Oh my that? god, that is OG Rimmel. Honestly, this product, I think, if you told me I could only have one product for the rest of my life in, ba- in makeup, I think it would be this product. Really? With a brow product. That's a lot of love. Yeah. I love an OG. Do you know, I have, um, it's not a makeup product, but it's, um, I still love Sally Hansen airbrush legs. <laughs> I, people love it. I never got into I'm it. I'm obsessed, but it's like, you can't yeah, find people, it anywhere. I know you should put it on Amazon again. So I buy this in like bucket loads on Amazon. And every time, in fact, an old shirt to colleague of mine also used to be at Can Rimmel. Feel the texture? And every time she sees me post about it, she's like, Cam, you make me laugh. Like that product does not exist anymore. <laughs> I love I didn't it. I ever sold it. Why was discontinued but i keep it oh the texture is so thick oh, oh no but if you get it with a nice kabuki brush okay i'm just oh, come on let me thing. get my brush let me put on <laughs> i'm showing you i did just put a lot on which by the way i think it cosmetics brushes are the best brushes around the kabuki it cosmetics you... brushes yeah okay and you use this on your skin on your face instead of foundation oh i love it okay I like it. Do you know I did I did um the I did rate some of the um Rimmel products. They're not all. So if Rimmel would like to make me the face of this product, <laughs> I would happily <laughs> single handedly bring it back to market. And Let's then I you know what? And I tell you the th- oh, it smells so Rimmel. It reminds <laughs> me of like early two thousands. You know, the one product though I actually was a late discovery in life and I also couldn't live without is it Ayash Kala. Oh yeah. Genuinely yeah. thought they were a waste of time yeah, for many with years. You. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big believer in them now. It's a game changer. Isn't I think it? you asked for one product. It's okay. We had a good old chat about products. And this is coming from someone who wears makeup maybe once a week. <laughs> if that. It's okay. It's just fun to play around and chat about No, it, but it? like, as in it, like, yeah, it just makes you feel... Actually, I've always sort of marveled at colleagues who have, like, pristine makeup every day. Because I actually quite like the, like, tonight, Michael, Matthew, whatever his name is, I'm going to be feeling of where you suddenly do look different. Yeah. Yeah. Versus just cameras all the time. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. I just think it is. I mean, I sound like a bloody broken record, but it is just so interesting what you can achieve. I just think it's it's ace. I love it. Okay, so final question that I ask mm. everyone on the show is, what is your version of beauty? Um, I have two versions. Is that allowed? Yeah. Okay. My, like, powered up beauty version is... Um, spending the day going getting my brows threaded and no longer a monobrow followed by a face gym for a workout and then a blow dry duck and dry and not putting any makeup on because you don't need any makeup after face gym and a brow wax in my opinion and just that feeling I feel like at times where I felt down or only had any tough times in life I know that probably sounds a bit kind of weird but genuinely those things have made me feel better yeah that yeah. feeling you can't I can't I can't actually describe it but I wish I could bottle that feeling and yeah. sort of sn- wake up to that every day it's kind of I don't want to kind of put words in your mouth but what I'm visualizing it as it's like it's like a feeling of home isn't it like mm. oh I'm just there yeah I, I know sit what you there mean. the guys at duck and dry know me so well I sit there like 
tapping away on my laptop I get so much work done when I'm there as well <laughs> um, and then the other version would be at the end of a holiday on this in the sun probably not wearing worn enough SPF and just that <laughs> feeling where you kind of come back looking rested yeah and again ironically no makeup in that either yeah yeah even though as much as I love makeup but just that feeling of just being a bit energized yeah and I wish you could bottle that as well yeah I love that and I really love that you've shared two different versions of what beauty is Mm. to you because I think it's the whole premise of this is that it's not one dimensional and it can be a multitude of different things for any one person so it's really interesting yeah and that's true I've got probably about 10 different ones but you're making me pick two Uh, but thank you so much like such a fun conversation and so insightful so and also I feel like rumor sales are going to guys I'm going to take commission on (laughs) (laughs) thank you for having me honestly it's been such a pleasure thank you um... even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Yeah, thank you. If you like this episode, hit subscribe and leave us a review. 